And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man in front of you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry man. Sam Slade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello everyone, I'm Carl Amari and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, we'll conclude the adventures of Ozzy and Harriet from 1948. Then Peter Lorre stars in the classic tale The Horla on Mystery in the Air from 1947. You know who's on that show, Lisa? Peggy Weber's on that program. Yeah, very she cool. Was all over the place. She really was. She was on a lot of radio shows. And by my side is my co-host Lisa Wolf, and also Mike Estella is here. But right now it's the conclusion to Ozzy and Harriet. Last time we began listening to this very fun show called The Haunted House. Let's go back to October 31st, 1948, for The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet. place and we saw a ghost. A real ghost? A ghost, a real ugly one with sharp teeth and a long nose and pointed ears and hair all over his face. And first we thought it was Pop. <laughs> That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said about me. I mean, we thought it was you trying to scare us. Oh, boys, don't be silly. You guys probably saw the moon shining through the window and your imagination did the rest. Okay, go up and see for yourself. Yeah, why don't you, Pop? Yeah, why don't you, Pop? Well, I'd be glad to, except I promised to take your mother to the movies. Since when? <laughs> well, that is, I, I've been thinking about it all day. There's a wonderful triple Halloween show at the Bijou. The son of Frankenstein, Dracula's daughter, and a date with Judy. I wasn't counting on the movies, dear. In fact, I'd much rather you'd go up and give us a report on the ghost. Oh, it's so silly. Go ahead, Pop. Have some fun. Go ahead, oh, dear. Well, okay. If it makes you happy, I'll go up and visit the haunted house. Daddy. I thought for a minute there you were getting scared, Pop. Oh, David. Oh, just remember this, boys. There's not a cowardly bone in your father's body. Of course, every now and then the meat around them gets a little jumpy. <laughs> <laughs> meat around. <laughs> what am I laughing at? Warning to all ghosts. Beware. Ozzy Nelson will get you if you don't watch out. Yes, indeed. Ozzie Nelson, arch enemy of all ghosts, goblins, spirits, and similar supernatural phenomena, is on the march. Target for tonight. The ghost that walks in the old McAdams house. See the courageous Ozzie as he strides firmly across the porch of 1847 Rogers Road. Chin up, flashlight swinging at his side. Down the steps, down the walk. And now he stops. Every muscle tense, eyes alert, nose twitching. A white, filmy object moves out of the darkness. Who's there? It's me, Mr. Nelson. Oh, oh, hello, Annie Lou. I came over to show you my Halloween costume. I'm going to a party. Where are you going, Mr. Nelson? Oh, I'm uh, on an errand for the boys. They went up to the old McAdams house tonight, and they think they saw a ghost. Really, Mr. Nelson? Yeah, I'm going up there, you know, to prove to them it was just their imagination. You're going in that spooky old house tonight, alone? 
Oh, of course. Evidently, you haven't heard the story about the McAdams place. Well, I've heard some silly rumor it's supposed to be haunted or something. But it is, Mr. Nelson. I heard the whole story from the people who live next door. The story goes that years ago in Scotland, in the old Haggis Castle, the young and beautiful Lady Jane McAdams had a quarrel with her lover, Douglas McDingle McCampbell McTavish. <laughs> a Scotchman. Yes, yes much. Well, anyway, Lady Jane pushed her lover, Douglas McDingle McTavish, Campbell McTavish, down the stairs. Down, down, down he went. His head banging on each stone step. Thump, thump, crunch, crunch. His bagpipes mournfully playing, the Campbells are coming. As he lay at the bottom of the staircase dying, Douglas McDingle McCampbell McTavish, or as they called him, Mac, as, as he lay at the bottom of the staircase, he took an oath. Oh, I'd swear a little myself. <laughs> he took an oath that he'd follow Lady Jane wherever she went. His spirit would always haunt her. Where did she go? She came here to the United States and built the old McCaffrey's place. And they say that on nights of a full moon like tonight, the giant ghost of Lord McTavish returns. And while the eerie notes of bagpipes ring in the night air, he prowls the house in search of Lady Jane. It makes a good story, but nobody in his right mind would believe it. Well, you believe it, don't you, Mr. Nelson? Yes, but I'm not. I'm uh, uh, Of course, it's a lot of nonsense. Okay, Mr. Nelson, but remember, if you go up there tonight and see the ghost and get a terrible fright and drop dead, don't come around saying I didn't warn you. Happy Halloween! Harriet, Harriet. Oh, hello, dear. Are you back so soon? Uh, no, I haven't gone yet. As a matter of fact, I, I've been thinking this over, and I don't think I'll go. The whole idea seems sort of childish. Well, what about the boys, dear? You promised them. I, I, I know, but, but I mean, after all, isn't it silly for a full-grown man? It, it's only a wild go, uh, a goose. It, 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 that, that's all it is. Well, if you'd and, like, dear, I'll go with you. And the boys... What did you say? I said I'll go with you. There are times, Harriet, when a man likes to be alone. Oh. <laughs> well, all right, dear. Get your coat. This isn't one of those times. Don't get nervous now, dear. Just keep cool. Oh, I'm cool, all right. Matter of fact, I'm shivering a little. Just hold my hand good and tight. I can't. Mm-hmm. You're squeezing mine so hard the fingers are asleep. Sorry. Is that better? It's better. How do we get through this iron fence? There's a gate here someplace, I think. It'll probably be bolted and spoil all our fun. They usually have a huge lock on these things and thick chains. Now, here we are. Oh. Locked? No. <laughs> Well, push it open. Here, will you take the flashlight a second? Thanks. And, and, and the baseball bat, too. <laughs> Ooh. Doesn't this place look weird? Yes, it is pretty spooky in that. Shall I uh, sing something to keep your nerve up? If you want to, dear. It'll keep you from getting scared. Did you ever think 
As the hearse goes by Someday You are going to die There's a spook in the meadow Dear, dear It might frighten the ghost Must be a haunted house The door squeaks I, I don't know why you insisted on coming along, Harriet. I could just as easily have come by myself. Ozzy, something has hold of my coat. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> who, who closed the door? Didn't you? No. Oh, it must have been the wind. Gee, this place sure looks creepy with the moon streaming through the windows. What was that? What's, now, dear, don't be frightened. I, I'm right beside you. Ozzy, there's something in this room. It's coming toward us. It's getting closer. Harry, quick, my baseball bat. Hey, Al, careful with that. Do it, Harry. Oh. Hello, Harriet. Huh? You old trickster. Oh, I just thought I'd have a little fun with all the talk that's been going around about this place. So you're the ghost David and Ricky saw. <laughs> I should have guessed by the description. You should have a bagpipe, though, Thorny. A bagpipe? Well, sure, haven't you heard? This place is supposed to be haunted by a Scotch ghost who plays the bagpipe. And each night he comes down the stairs playing some old... Well, you do have one, Thorny. Where is it? <laughs> oh, you sure play awful. Worse than you think. I don't play at all. <laughs> but I hear a bagpipe. Listen, I can hear it plain as day. Ozzy, up there, the head of the stairs. The ghost. The ghost of Lord McTavish. Well, we've seen it. Let's go. <laughs> Now let's all keep calm about this. We'll, we'll just be quiet. Oz, let's push it. It's getting late, Bernie. Let's get out of here. Bernie, you're carrying my coat. Wait. Oz, the door won't open. I keep turning my hand on it. It won't open. Stop it, Bernie. You've got hold of my nose. <laughs> Did I seem very scared out there? Well, no, not especially. I mean, did I act in any way that might give somebody the impression that this illusion we saw um, frightened me? No, you were very level-headed about it. Of course, it was the first time I've ever seen you jump a seven-foot fence. <laughs> I didn't think I could fool you. That thing, whatever it was, scared the, the daylights out of me. I was plenty scared myself. I can't figure out those bagpipes. No, and then what about the ghost? Oh, oh, well, yes, of course, the ghost, too. Harriet, what are you stuffing behind the sofa pillow? Oh, nothing, dear, just some old papers and things. Wait a minute, let me see that. It's an only an old sheet. You'll get the couch dirty. It's got cobwebs. Cobwebs! How about a little more coffee? And there's Ricky's baseball bat, the one I... Harriet, if you'd like to make a little confession, I'll listen. But if you'd rather not, I'd rather you would. <laughs> All right, dear. Just the boys and I thought it'd be nice if you could have a little fun on Halloween. You told them how much you enjoyed going to some haunted house. So we thought that if we could sort of... Ozzy, listen. I'm listening. Go on. No, listen. The bagpipes. Yeah. I hear the bagpipes again. So do I. Hey, Pop, can we have a dime? Boys, listen, listen. Do you hear bagpipes playing? Sure, that's what we're on the dime for. He's out front now. Who's out front? Mr. Campbell, the man with the scotch plaid ice cream truck. The scotch plaid ice cream truck? 
Well, sure. Haven't you ever seen him? Can we have a dime, Pa? A dime? Here, here's 50 cents. Stuff yourselves. Thanks, Pa. Oh, boy. Hurry up, Dad. How about that? The, the bagpipes we heard at the McAdams place were from the Scotch plant ice cream truck. What a coincidence. <laughs> oh, remarkable. You see, the, the Scotch plant ice cream truck happened to, to stop there. See, there are no other houses around, and nobody lives there, but he happened to stop there. Played a different tune up there, too, didn't he? I don't remember. Harriet, believe me, it was only the scotch plaid ice cream truck. Yes, I know, dear. I'll say it just once more. The bagpipes we heard at the McAdams place were from the scotch plaid ice cream truck. Okay, dear, you've convinced me. I wish I could convince myself. I'd like to get some sleep tonight. Oh, come on, dear. Put out the light. Let's go to sleep. Uh, in a few minutes, Harriet, I... Just want to finish this article. Debunking the spook. Debunking the spook? Yeah, the man who wrote it spent the night in a house that was supposed to be haunted. As I sat there in the darkness, I could hear the clock in the village striking twelve. Now was the witching hour. If ever the dead lived... Now was the time they must rise from the grave. I stood up and dared the ghost to appear. I said, if you were a ghost, I dare you to strike me dead. <laughs> Silly article. What happened next? Well, and let's see, he goes on to... Yes? The article ends right there. Come on, dear, I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. And you know what might be fun? Let's sleep with the lights on tonight. <laughs> Tune in next week to another adventure of Ozzie and Harriet, starring Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. And remember, America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. Yes, Harriet, America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. Appearing in support of Ozzie and Harriet were John Brown, Janet Waldo, Henry Blair, Tommy Bernard, and Jack Kirkwood. Original music was composed and conducted by Billy May. This program originates in the Hollywood studios of the National Broadcasting Company and is also broadcast over the Trans-Canada Network of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. This adventure of Ozzie and Harriet will be transmitted to our men and women overseas by shortwave and through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. The candles are coming. No, Lord McTavish. Ozzy. It's a ghost. Ozzy, wake up. What's all racket, Mom? Daddy's having a nightmare. Is that what he's doing? That noise really scared us. Well, it frightened me, too. Okay, now we're even. to the next adventure of Ozzy and Harriet, starring Ozzy Nelson and Harriet Hidger. This is Vern Smith speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
And that's The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet from October 31st, 1948, a fun show called The Haunted House that was heard on NBC. Let's take a break. When we come back, it's Peter Laurie. You won't want to miss it on Mystery in the Air. We'll be right back. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Do you love classic radio shows? Now you can receive 10 classic radio shows on five CDs every month by joining the Classic Radio Club. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club so fans can receive the best of the best from my library each and every month. Join now and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs, a $39.95 value for only $4. Then every month, I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows and mail them to you on five CDs. Every show will be superior sound quality, and you'll never receive a duplicate show. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com to join and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs for only $4.99. That's ClassicRadioClub.com or call toll-free 888-642-6556. That's 888-642-6556. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Welcome back. This is Hollywood 360. I'm Peter Laurie, and I'm about to star in Mystery in the Air. This was my own radio show. You know what, Lisa? It was the only show I had on the radio. Do I sound anything like him? You do. A little bit? You do. Uh, I'll continue that. I was going to say, where did Carl go? Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't know where to go. So with I that. sound enough like him to keep yeah, going. Yeah, it's All fine. Right. So now, Peter Laurie, that's who I am. I'm about to star in the Horla on Mystery in the Air. Well, maybe I should announce it for you then. Go ahead, Mr. you. Laurie. You announce it. Yes. Okay, so we've got. I'm getting mis- ready. I'm getting my script. Here. Okay, Peter, we've got Mystery in the Air from August 21st, 1947, the Horla. Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Laurie. Ladies and gentlemen, there are two kinds of stories. Those you can take to bed with you and you relax you and put your mind at ease. And then, then there's the other kind. And our story tonight is the other kind. I still do not know whether it was the shadow of the madness to which the author himself so tragically succumbed, or whether there really was a an evil something that could not be seen or described. Oh, why don't you decide for yourself? Uh, I'm simply going to tell you the facts in a case as set forth by Guy de Maupassant in his immortal story, Horla. Each week at this hour, Peter Laurie brings us the excitement of the great stories of the strange and unusual, of dark and compelling masterpieces called from the four corners of world literature. Tonight, The Horla by de Maupassant. Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Lorre. May 8, 1889. Oh, what a lovely day it was. I spent all the morning lying in the grass in front of my house. The house in which I was born and grew up. Oh, it's a wonderful house and I love it. From my windows I can see our great river, the Seine, 
which flows along the side of my garden, yes. The great, wide Seine, which goes to Rouen and Le Havre and, and is covered by boats passing to and fro. Yes, down to the left lies Rouen, and a whole city dominated by the spire of the cathedral and, and full of bells which sound through the air on fine days, even as far as my home. Oh, what a wonderful morning. I was almost sorry when Marie, she's my housemaid, you know, when, when she interrupted me. Your luncheon is ready, monsieur. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Marie, but, you know, it seems a pity to go in a house. Say, do you like it here, Marie? Oh, yes, sir. I like it very much. Yeah. I love to watch the boats go by on the same. Oh, you do, huh? So do I. See that one? That big schooner, and, and it's being pulled by... Look, what a little tug. Oh, look, it's no bigger than a fly. I meant beautiful. So clean and white and shiny. Oh, white, yes. And she's a three-master, you know. Brazilian, I think. Yes, I... Yes, I can see the flag. It is Brazilian. Oh, she's had a long journey from South America to pass my house. You love this place very much, don't you, monsieur? <laughs> yes, Maria. I love it. I can feel those deep roots which attach a man to the soil on, on which his ancestors were born and died, and, and to the villages, yes, to, to, to the atmosphere itself. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you, Marie? No, sir. No. But I do know that if you don't come into the house soon, your luncheon will be cold. All right, all right, Marie, I'll come in. That's the first portion of Mystery in the Air with Peter Laurie. Am I doing pretty good on this you're show? You're doing great, but I'm there's trying still my more best. to come. I'm all kind of crazy on this show. Oh, you you're know? crazy. All right, we're going to take a break. And okay. we'll be right back. Okay, good. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. And now back to Mystery in the Air. May 12th. For some reason, I've had a slight feverish attack the last few days, and I feel low-spirited and ill. I have continually a horrible feeling of, of impending danger an apprehension of, of some coming misfortune or, or of approaching death. Uh, I've never experienced anything like this before. If it continues, I, I think I'll have to see my doctor. Look, I've told you, your pulse is rapid and your eyes yes, are slightly yeah. dilated. Otherwise, you're in splendid condition. But, Doctor, then then why is it when evening comes on, a, a feeling of oppression seizes me, just just as if night concealed something horrible? Why is that? Probably just a slight attack of indigestion. Yes, yes, indigestion. Yesterday, when I was walking in a forest of Rumal, why did it suddenly seem to me that I was being followed and, and that someone was walking at my heels close, quite close to me? He was near enough to touch me, and yet, yet when I turned around, I saw nothing. Nothing behind me but the path between the tall trees. Horribly empty. Can you explain that by indigestion, can you, huh? Well, here's a bromide. Mm. If you'll take it in several cold showers daily, I'm sure your fears will vanish. Yes, I'm And sure. you'll be able to sleep without any further trouble. All right, Doctor. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, 
Who is there? It's I, Marie. Uh, oh, oh, just a moment. Just a moment. Yes? Are you all right? What You're is it, screaming Marie? and calling out. I'm sorry, I... Wake the I servants. I must have been here having a nightmare, Marie. Look, if you dreamed that someone was looking at you and touching you and, and taking your neck in his hands and squeezing it, squeezing with all his might in order to strangle you, don't you think you would cry out too, huh? Oh, yes, sir, I'm sure oh, I should. see, all right. Just tell the other servants I shall try to be more quiet. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Good night. Hey, look. Look, Marie, my... My water carafe. Your water carafe, monsieur? Yes, it, it was full. I, I know it was full when I went to bed. Yes, sir, I filled it last night. Yes, and now it's empty. I haven't touched it, and, and it's empty. Yes, sir. Somebody has drunk the water. Somebody has, has been in his room. Somebody, something... Drank that water. I don't know who could have, sir, unless perhaps you yourself in your sleep. Yes, yes, I myself in my sleep, of course. That's it. I, I must have done it myself, Marie. Marie, tell him to pack my things. Uh, I'm going to Paris. Uh, I'm leaving the first thing in the morning. <laughs> July 12th. Paris. <laughs> Paris, I, I must have lost my head during the last few weeks. And at home, my mental state bordered a madness, for, for I had believed... Yes, I, I had believed that, that an invisible being lived beneath my roof. <laughs> how stupid, how perfectly ridiculous it all seems now, yes. Twenty-four hours in Paris have completely restored my equilibrium, and, and tonight I... I'm going to dine at the house of my cousin, Madame Sablé, and... Oh, Dr. Parent is going to be there. He's the famous specialist for nervous disorders, and, and I shall ask him, and I'm sure he, he can finally put my mind at rest about this... silly hallucination. But Dr. Parent, I've been wanting to ask you, have, have you ever known of a case where a person feels that he is, um... How shall I put it, an... Not entirely in, in command of his soul? It is curious that you should ask me that. Why is it curious? Because now, only now in 1889, yeah. after all these years, you're on the verge of discovering one of the most important secrets of nature. What is that? Ever since man has thought, he has felt himself close to a mystery which has yeah. been impenetrable to his gross and imperfect senses. Yes. Whatever are you talking about, Dr. Parent? <laughs> Apparitions, my dear Madame Sablé. Invisible spirits. Oh, you doctor. You're always being mysterious. Oh, not at all. For more than a century now, men seem to have had a presentiment of something new. Uh, Mesmer and some others have put us on an unexpected track, and we have arrived at really surprising results. Oh, you're just trying to frighten us. Not at all. If you think so, would you like me to try to send you to sleep, madame? It would be a novel experience. <laughs> If you can do it. <laughs> and if I can, it will answer your cousin's question. Yes, it certainly will. Now, madame, if you will just sit in this easy chair. So. Yeah. Now, you must let your mind go completely blank and look fixedly into my eyes. Yes, that's right. Now, you are going to sleep. To sleep. You're going to sleep. 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 You see, her eyes are becoming heavy. Her mouth is twitching. That's incredible. You have nothing but that. I don't like this. Mind. It frightens me. Sleep. Sleep. 
Yeah, now she is asleep. An easy subject, I must say. Now, if you will stand directly behind her chair, I will proceed with the experiment. Now, I hand her an ordinary pasteboard visiting card. So. Now, Madame Sable, you hold in your hand a looking glass. Yes. I am holding a looking glass. What do you see in it? I see my cousin standing behind my chair. What is he doing? He is twisting his ear. The doctor, she cannot see me behind her by, by looking at a piece of cardboard. No, of course she can't. She sees you through her mind. Or someone's mind. This troubles you, doesn't it? Yes, it troubles me. But it answers your question. No. No, it does not. That's common knowledge, Doctor. It's an axiom that that human beings can be dominated by human beings. But what if a human being is is dominated by something? By something else, I mean. Something not human. What then, Doctor? August 6th. I'm back at home. Yes, now I know it's useless to struggle. Useless. Somebody possesses my soul and and dominates it. Somebody orders all my acts, all my thoughts. I'm, I'm nothing except his slave and a terrified spectator of all I do. Yes, but... But who is he, this... This invisible being that... That rules me, this... This unknowable spirit, this... This rover of a supernatural race, he... He must have a name, I... I know he has a... I feel it, I... I can feel it, and... Oh, someday... Someday it will come to me. Oh, it... If I only could leave my house and go away and escape and... And never, never return. But it's impossible. This... This being I cannot call by name. He... He will not let me. I'm helpless. What can I do? What can I do? Now back to de Maupassant's terrifying story... Of a man obsessed by the idea that he is dominated by an invisible being. Fear is ruining his life. The suspicion that he is no longer master of his own actions, even of his own soul, is rapidly becoming a certainty. It's only two o'clock. The whole night is before me. Oh, how... How still it is. And the stars... How bright they are. Who inhabits those faraway regions? And and what do they know that we do not know? Will not one of them someday appear on our earth to conquer it? We are so weak, so so defenseless. What was that? I heard the rustle of paper. Yet there's no wind Absolutely no wind. There. It's that book, yes. The the one on the table under the lamp. It's incredible. The the page has turned. The the page lifted itself up and fell down upon the others. As if a finger had turned it over. 
My armchair appears empty, but... But no, it isn't, no. Oh, he's there. I know he is. Sitting in my place. He's reading. I can't stand it any longer. I'll grasp him and... Away. He ran away before I could reach him. He, he ran away and, and the window closed after him. <laughs> He's afraid of me. He's afraid of me. <laughs> what, what do you call yourself, you, you evil shade? Whatever it is, whatever it is, someday, someday I'll catch you and, and crush you. Here, come in here. What? What? We heard the noise and we wondered. Another nightmare, monsieur. No, it's not a nightmare. I, I was awake. Tell me. Tell me, Marie. You believe in, in invisible things? Invisible? Yes, invisible beings that, that dominate you. Well, uh, I read an article about that an in article? the paper today. What did it say? That somewhere in Brazil, I think, Brazil. people are frightened. Leaving their houses, saying they're pursued by invisible beings which feed on their life while they're asleep. Yeah? Like vampires, you know? Marie. Marie, that, that is where he came from. Oh, monsieur. Don't you remember the, the day we saw that little tug pulling that, that big Brazilian schooner up the river? Yes. Remember, she, she looked so white, all white, and, and he, he was on board. Yes, he... He came from there where his race originated and, and he saw me and, and he saw my white house and, and he sprang from the ship. <laughs> no, no, I understand. Don't you? Don't you? No, monsieur, I don't. No, no, you couldn't. It's all right, Marie, go to bed. There's nothing wrong. Don't worry anymore. Go back to sleep. Go back. Yes, now I know. How can I help but knowing it's obvious? Yes, the, the rule of man is over, and, and he has come. He has arrived. But what is his name? What do you call yourself? What's that? I, no, I know he's... He's shouting it out. Yes, yes, I listen. Huh? Hola. That's it, yes. The hola. Yes, the hola. He, he haunts me. He, he is within me. He, he's becoming my soul. I, I shall kill him. There, monsieur. What? The iron shutters on the windows and door complete. All right. Well, why anybody wants half-inch iron shutters in their bedroom is more than I can see. Well, at least it'll keep everything out. I don't want to keep things out. I want to keep something in. Hmm? Never mind. Never mind. If you're finished, you take your tools and go. My housekeeper will pay you. Yes, monsieur. Good day, monsieur. Good day. Now I'm ready. Yes, tonight he'll come. Tonight I'm ready for him. I'm ready for him. <laughs> He's here, yes. I feel it. At last, he's here, but... Oh, I don't want to alarm him. I'll casually close the iron shutter so... 
so casually as, as if I'm preparing for bed and... Now I'll start to close the iron doors, as if I'm shutting myself in for the night, but... But instead of shutting myself in, I'll... I'll shut myself up! Yes! Yes, it's Donnie! He's inside! He, he cannot escape! Downstairs! Downstairs! Yes! As fast as I can run! Downstairs. Oh, good! Good! The lamp is still burning! Oh, yes, fire! Fire! That'll dispose of him! Fire! Oh, See, the house is dry as tender. Won't take long. See, the, the flames are reaching the ceiling already. Oh. I'd, I'd better get out before I burn myself up, too. Here, yes, here, I can, I can watch from here. How slow, how slow the house is burning. Don't you suppose? No. No, there, yes. A tongue of flame licking out on the top of the window. And another, and, and another. See it burn. My house, my, my beautiful house. And, oh, but it's, it's more beautiful. And it's now in flames because, because he's inside and, and he'll burn too, yes, and, and I'll be free, free, free of the horror. Fire! 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 The house is on fire! Get some water, somebody! Yes, it's burning. Let it burn. Oh, now the whole place is in flames. Nothing, nothing can stop it. That's Marie. The servants in the garret. They'll be killed. Stand back, all of you. The roof's gonna cave in. Look. Oh, the poor oh. devils, we gotta get some help. Yes. Get them out of there. It's lighting up the whole countryside. A monstrous, beautiful, fuel pile. And he's burning too. My prisoner, that new being, that, that new master, the horror. It's over. That is the end for him. He's dead. Yes, but... Is he dead? No. No. A spirit would never fear premature destruction. Only we fear it. All our human terror springs from that, and... Well, then, after man... What? The horror, yes. After us who can die any day by any accident comes he who can die only at his own proper hour because he has touched the limits of his existence. No, he is not dead. Well, what can I do? What can I do? <laughs> There's one thing I can do. I, I can destroy myself. Yes. 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 I, I must destroy myself. I'm going to destroy. Destroy myself.
story. I know it's by the Maupassant, yes. I know it's Thursday night, and we are on the air, but... But it's the horror that... Oh, oh I... I beg your pardon, I... I'm sorry I got so excited, but I... I warned you at the beginning, it... It's a very uncomfortable story. Next week, Mystery in the Air, starring Mr. Peter Lorre, brings you Beyond Good and Evil by Ben Hecht, with a special musical score composed and conducted by Paul Barron. The artists supporting Mr. Laurie tonight were Henry Morgan as the voice of mystery, Peggy Weber as Marie, Loreen Tuttle as Madame Sablé, Ken Christie as the doctor, Ben Wright as Dr. Parent, Howard Culver and Jack Edwards, Jr. This is Michael Roy in Hollywood. Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. And that was Mystery in the Air from August 21st, 1947, starring... Me, Peter Laurie, right. in the Horla. How was I on that? You good. were something else. And you know who else was with me on that show? I sure do. Who? We had uh, Jack Edwards Jr., Ken Christie, Lorene Tuttle, Howard Culver, Ben Wright, Peggy Weber, and Henry Morgan, sponsored by Camel. Cigarettes, of course, we removed the commercials. Yes, heard on NBC. There you go. That was my only radio show. Oh, I know. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. We did. All right, and uh, here I am again. Oh, oh wow. There's hey. Carl. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hey. Where are you? What's Wait, been going on? I was in the washroom. you any. <laughs> We do not miss you. All right, let's take a break. Then it's more of Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club, where each month you'll receive 10 of the greatest shows of all time on five CDs in a collector case. Join now and receive your first five-CD collection of 10 classic radio shows, regularly priced at $39.95 for only $4.99. Each month I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows of all time from my library of 100,000 shows and send them to you on five CDs. And I promise they'll be superior sound quality and you'll never receive a duplicate show. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com and we'll rush you your first five-CD collection with ten of the greatest classic radio shows of all time for only $4.99. Your first collection will feature Abbott and Costello, Sam Spade, Dimension X, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Gunsmoke, Have Gun Will Travel, Inner Sanctum, Jack Benny, and Suspense. You're going to love the Classic Radio Club. Learn how to join at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Next week, it's the adventures of Philip Marlowe, the great Gildersleeve, frontier gentleman, Pat Novak for hire, our Miss Brooks, and suspense from my team here at Hollywood 360. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. <laughs>